A Focus Summary of Chapters 5 and 6 of Shane Shane and Joe spend the next few weeks working side by side, like partners, to make improvements on the farm. It seems to Bob as if Shane had always been there, and Joe is delighted when Shane makes reference to the things they will do together in the future. When some new steers escape and Shane has to round them up, he does so with the exuberance of a child, revealing just how much, here, he is at ease. He remains watchful, but the tension in him begins to fade out. With Fletcher away trying to secure a contract with an Indian reservation, things in the valley are peaceful and pleasant. Even Fletcher's cowboys are likable without him there to drive them into harassing the homesteaders. Bob has always looked up to Fletcher's rollicking crew riding the range, though Joe has always been his biggest hero. But more and more, Bob wants to be like Shane and live all the adventures he imagines for him. When Shane comes upon Bob playing cowboys and Indians with a broken pistol, Bob recalls Shane's beautiful gun and fears he will make fun of him. Instead, Shane addresses him with a respectful seriousness, asking how many he's knocked over so far. Shane proceeds to give Bob expert advice on how to wear his holster and handle a gun. He demonstrates with a sure movement that needed no guidance of thought, and when he spins the gun on his fingers, it seems like an extension of himself. But as he demonstrates how to aim the gun, quick and easy, like pointing a finger, his hand sinks to his side, his mouth forms in a bitter gash, and his eyes fasten on the mountains in the distance. He tells Bob, in an earnest tone, to remember that a gun is just a tool, as good or as bad as the man who uses it, and he strides off into the fields. Summer comes to an end, and the season of friendship fades with the warmth of the sun. Having secured his contract, Fletcher needs control of the whole range, which means the homesteaders will have to go. The land is theirs by right of settlement, and they have no intention of leaving, but with the nearest marshal a hundred miles away, they also have no means of enforcing the law. With new settlers coming all the time, a town had begun taking shape in the valley, with houses, blacksmith shops, a schoolhouse, and stores— the biggest of which is Sam Grafton's general store and saloon. Grafton acts as a magistrate in minor disputes among the settlers, but with no sheriff, it is Fletcher who holds the real power. And because he is the big man in the valley, most of the townspeople take his side. With the news of Fletcher's contract, the homesteaders form a council, including Frank Torrey, a fidgety man always talking about pulling up stakes, Ernie Wright, a husky, likable, tall tale-teller with a quick temper, as well as James Lewis, Ed Howells, and Henry Shipstead. Lewis says that Fletcher won't really make trouble, since he isn't the shooting kind. Joe thinks Fletcher's play will be to try to drive away Shane, the way he did with Joe's previous hand, Morley. Bob recalls the day Morley came home, bruised and beaten, and then rode away without looking back. If Shane could be driven out, there would be a break in the homestead ranks and a loss of morale. But despite Joe's belief that Shane is a marked man, Shane shows no interest in learning Morley's story. 
The townspeople begin watching Shane, curious what he will do if Fletcher makes a move against him, and Fletcher's cowboys can be seen hanging about across the river. One day, when one of the haytongs breaks, Shane tells Joe meaningfully that he will take it into town. Joe agrees it's time, and prepares to join him, but Shane stresses that he said he would take it in. Joe starts to protest, thinks better of it, and lets him go alone. As he gets in the wagon to head to town, a cowboy across the river speeds off toward the ranch house. Bob jumps in the back of the wagon to go with Shane. Shane grins and lets him come along. They arrive at Grafton's, and Shane steps into the saloon, while Bob sits whittling on the porch steps. A few minutes later, two cowboys come galloping up. One of them is Chris, a young fellow known for his gay manner and reckless courage, who had worked for Fletcher a long time. The other, new to the valley, dismounts, walks up the porch steps, peers inside, turns abruptly around, and tells Chris he's leaving, for good. When Chris calls him yellow, he says, you can call it that, and rides away. Chris shakes his head and goes into the saloon alone. As Chris approaches the bar, Shane studies him, and it seems to Bob that he looks disappointed. Chris offers Shane a glass of whiskey, and then, when Shane accepts, he laughs, slaps his chaps, and comments to the other men that he didn't think farmers drink anything stronger than soda pop. Shane says to tell Fletcher to send a grown-up next time, and he orders a soda pop. Chris tries again to provoke him, telling the bartender something smells, and asking Shane if he and Joe are raising pigs. Shane's fingers tighten around the soda bottle, his eyes blaze, the muscles in his jaw tighten, and then he walks past Chris and out the doors. Chris goes out laughing that Shane walked out on him, and with a soda pop, too. After he leaves, Grafton comments that he was afraid, but not of Chris, of himself. Grafton sees serious trouble ahead. Back at the farm, Shane talks to Bob, but really to himself. He asks why he should smash Chris when he's only doing as he was told, and comments that he could like that boy. When Joe asks what happened, Shane tells him about Chris, and Bob tells them both about the man who ran away. When Joe asks Shane how he handled Chris, he is shocked to learn that nothing happened, and that he walked away. Then he chuckles about how surprised Chris must have been. But Shane's sober response makes him realize that Chris is cocky enough to take it wrong, and that could mean danger. <laughs> 